This episode, entrepreneur and handyman Alan Stevenson from 911 Handyman. In this episode, Alan talks about his background, his qualifications, and why he got into the trades business. We will start a discussion on building a $1 million handyman business. Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help you save time, money, and aggravation on your home maintenance and repair. This edition is entitled Entrepreneur and Handyman Alan Stevenson from 911 Handyman. To help me explain, I'm here with my ever-cheerful co-host and old buddy, John. John. Yeah. Hey, man. Tell me a story about this week. Tell me something fun. <laughs> Tell me something good? Tell me something good. I want to hear something uh, good. There's, you know... Um... I don't know if I mentioned, you know, there's just uh, just been some, you know, in this business, right? There's just always been always something, something new, something going on. But, you know, we, we harp on a lot is to find your your water shutoffs. And I was doing some plumbing and, you know, um, looking all around for a water shutoff. And where is it at? Buried in the middle of a ceiling in the basement. Nice. Under, you know, uh, a, a drop ceiling. You know, so I could I could get, but I had to chase it all down. I mean, it, and they just had some some replumbing done. It's like, why would you put it way up there? Because the uh, because the the uh, the assistant or the the master plumber came in about halfway through of the assistant running the line and said, "Dude, you forgot your shut off." Right. So yeah, he slapped it, it right there in the middle. Boom. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. That's about right. Yeah. So, anyways. You know, it's uh, one one frustration after another trying to trying to chase down stuff. You know, so anyways, you know, it's uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the business. <laughs> it's never a dull moment in it's the never, handyman business. No. no, so but, I was reading a post on social media, and I read a post from a guy named Alan Stevenson. It's where we actually came up with this article or this episode. I mean, and Alan just has a wonderful business about starting a business, resilience about actually starting businesses about financial management, about the handyman business, about the trades mm-hmm. businesses in general. And in my never-be-humble opinion, I thought, boy, this is a guy we need yeah. to have on. Um, yeah. And one of the things that ended up, John, and, and you know this, is it went long, didn't it? Yes, yeah, it did. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me, though, as it as it did kind of roll out uh, roll out there, is that it just, it, to me, it just it struck me as a lot of value uh, that was um, – that we were talking about, and especially from Alan's side, that could really help the uh, the people in our in our audience who are building a handyman business or any any business. Um, you know, guys, you're not alone. Uh, you know, everybody faces issues and uh, and and needs solutions and things. So we just uh, we rolled with it, and we're going to break it up into a three part series. Yes. So we just mm-hmm. want to let you know this is part one of a three part ser- series. And John, that's just the perfect segue into our episode with Alan from Nine One One Handyman. We're here with Alan Stevenson. Alan, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show, Alan. This is John. Yeah. So, Alan, we got you off a of Facebook post, and and we just found your story to be intriguing. So, can you give us some background on you and on your business or businesses, I should say, in this case? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'll try to condense it as much as possible. Um, I've been in the financial services industry for over three decades. I've been a uh, financial advisor for 24 years and uh, been a self-employed financial advisor for about 19 years. So I've got a, you know, pretty uh, diverse work background and uh, especially when you compare it to most people in the trades. So, 
Yeah, so tell so you own a company called 911 Handyman. How did you get into the handyman business? <laughs> well, that's a pretty interesting story really. I uh, or at least I think it is. Um you know, I've built a what I would consider to be a relatively successful financial practice and uh in 2016 I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer and you know battling through all of that I mean you know I was very near death when they found it and um anyway so I was still trying to run my financial practice and I was having to be gone for you know a month at a time going through treatments I went through two stem cell transplants I mean, you know, with that, they take you right to the edge of death. And um, anyway, so 2016, I was going through the treatments. 2017, I went into remission. I was just trying to hold on to my financial practice. I really wasn't trying to grow it. I was just trying to hold on to it and keep what I had. And, uh, you know, during that time, and I, I need to kind of go back a little bit. Um, you know, I have two sons and a daughter. Um, and my oldest son was a self-employed mechanic. My youngest son, you know, and they had both done construction in high school and, and, and all that and uh, worked really hard. And my youngest son did construction in high school. And, and then um, he went into construction management. He was enrolled anyway. I'm not going to say he actually went to school, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, he took after me instead of his mama. But uh, anyway you know he did an internship with the local housing authority writing contracts doing repairs doing inspections and then um one of his friends was doing air conditioning work and uh somebody you know and he ended up going to work for the same company and got lots of certifications things like that and i know it's kind of a long story but i'll tie it all back in um so you know, uh, after he'd been doing that a couple of years, um, I guess it was in early, um, early 2018, one of our family friends owned a property management company and hired him as their property manager, uh, as their maintenance supervisor. So here he is 20, I guess he was 21, 22 at that time. And um, anyway, so you know, one day he came home and he was talking about the, you know, how hard it was to get these properties ready to rent back out after someone moved out. And you guys told me that y'all have rental properties. You know what that's like. Um, impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he told me, he's like, dad, he said, you know, it's taken me four to six weeks to get these properties ready to rent back out. And of course he was having to use subcontractors. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. 600 plus rental properties. It's a pretty big portfolio for a young guy. And he said, you know, every single unit, I've got to get a plumber in there. There's a leaking faucet. There's electrical outlets not working or light fixtures that need to be replaced. I've got to get a painter in there. I've got to get somebody to clean it up. He said, you know, I'm having to call anywhere from three to five people on every single unit. Then I have to follow up behind them, make sure they did the work. Then we have got the billing issues. He said, it's just a nightmare. And the whole time he was talking, I was thinking about one of my best friends, uh, a guy that um, 
you know, had gone through some difficulties in life and it kind of really gotten him back together and was doing amazing. But the last part of the puzzle was he was looking for a job. And, you know, my son, Brett, he was talking about all this. And the whole time he was talking, I was thinking, Jason knows how to do that. Yeah. Jason knows how to do that. And I'm not lying to you. When he stopped talking, I turned around and walked into the other room. I walked into one of the bedrooms. I closed the door where nobody could hear me. I called him. He answered the phone. I said, hey, you and I are about to start a business together. That's how much thought went into it. That's about all it takes. <laughs> and I've, I've been paying for that ever since. But I, <laughs> And, you know, I, I told him about the conversation and you know, he said, I love doing that kind of work. I said, I know you do. I said, but we're not talking about you running around truck fixing things. I said, we're talking about a real business, a, a professional business. We're talking about you overseeing multiple crews and building a million plus dollar a year business. And he had never been in business before. He'd never even been in the construction industry as a business before. He was just one of those good country guys like me that knows how to do a lot of things. And um, so that's kind of how that all started. And to go back even farther, as soon as my son, uh, Brett, started working for uh, our friends doing this property management stuff, he started talking to them about starting their own air conditioning business because that's what he had been doing. So about the same time we started the handyman business, that was, we incorporated on June 15th of 2018, which June 15th is always also my wife's birthday. That way I can remember both. So years and years have taught me a little bit of wisdom here. <laughs> and, uh, okay, folks, I want so, to give that tip out there. Years yeah. of wisdom here. Put the dates <laughs> yeah, on the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Incorporate on, on very, very important dates, you know? So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so he started his air conditioning business with those guys backing him at the same time that we started the handyman business. And, um, you know, we started out, I'll never forget, one of the first jobs was my friend Jason. You know, when we first started out, it was just me running the business, being the business guy, doing the marketing, you know, creating infrastructure, uh, coming up with a plan, and him doing the work. One of the first jobs we had, we were subcontracted to a contractor friend of mine. And Jason was on his hands and knees with a hammer and chisel chiseling up ceramic tile. You know, and we started getting more and more leads. We ended up, you know, hiring one of Jason's relatives, a young guy that, that um, you know, straight out of high school and uh, just good old hardworking country boy. And, uh, you know, and then we started, they started getting really busy. I mean, we thought we would just need him once or twice a week, maybe. And within a few weeks, he was going full time. And that first hire, just so everybody knows, is always scary. I don't care how many times mm -hmm. you've done it. I don't oh, care yeah. how many businesses you have. That first hire for a business is always scary. And anyway, um, so not long after that, you know, they were really busy. And we got a call to assemble some office furniture. And... I called my oldest son who was, a, uh, his name's Derek and he was a self-employed mechanic at that time. And honestly, he was just burned out on it. Um, he's a great mechanic. 
and I would say it in front of him. I don't say anything behind somebody's back, uh, but he's realized now he wasn't a very good business owner, which I think could be another part of our conversation later. But um, I called him and said, Hey, you want to come assemble some, do a job for handyman? He said, sure. Why not? And I think within two weeks he was full-time and now he is an owner in the company also. And we just have grown from there and running multiple crews and um, you know, and then in 20, uh, 2019, the guys that were backing my youngest son, Brett in the air conditioning business, you know, one of their friends of mine and, and anyway, we were one of them were, and I were going to lunch one day and he told me, he said, you know, well, let me back up. <laughs> Not long after they started that air conditioning business, somebody just walked in and made them an offer for that property management company. They couldn't refuse. So they sold it. Well, now he didn't have 600 captive customers for his air conditioning business. And they said, you know, we don't want to be in the air conditioning business. And they made us an offer to buy them out for their original investment because they, they care about him as a person and they wanted to see him do well and they wanted to see me do well. And, and they just didn't really have any interest in it. They had other businesses. And so you know, at that point in 2019, so 2018, we started Handyman. 2019, me and my youngest son partnered in the air conditioning business, uh, All Seasons HVAC. And then we're in Louisiana, so summers are brutally hot and winters are mildly hot, <laughs> so, you know, except for maybe uh, two months out of the year. So winters are always dead for us and fall is always dead for us. And uh, Anyway, so December of 2019, I was sitting on a couch and I thought about a friend of mine that had recently moved out of state. And right before he moved out of state, he had bought a air conditioning duct cleaning business and it's called Dirty Ducks Air Conditioning Duct Cleaning. And anyway, so we, uh, you know, I contacted him and said, hey, what'd you do with that business? You know, that job that caused him to move kind of came out of the blue and he said, well, I've been meaning to call you for a few weeks to see if you wanted to buy it. And so after about a 15 minute conversation, we agreed in, in January 20, we bought the air conditioned duct cleaning business. So I've got my financial practice, 9-1 handyman, all seasons HVAC and dirty ducts in a very short period of time while I was still going through cancer treatments. Wow. So yeah, that's a ton. I mean, that's just a ton. Um, and congratulations, by the way. Yeah. So where are you in your cancer treatments? Just curious. Uh, so I am a walking, talking miracle of God in modern medicine. Um, awesome. I am in remission and doing well. Um, you know, the cancer was really, really advanced. Um, I had what was called uh, a cancer called multiple myeloma, which is a cancer of the blood. And it basically makes your bones disintegrate. And I had been in pain a long time. Um, I thought it was from old injuries. I, you know, grew up playing football and riding motocross bikes and thinking I was nine feet tall and bulletproof. And you mean you're not? Oh, geez, yeah. sorry. I still think that. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, you know, March 30th of 2016 and, and I kept getting sick every few months and it's just, I just never put two and two together and the pain just kept getting worse. And I was just in ex excruciating pain all the time. Had already told my wife I needed to go probably have back surgery and, 
and anyway, and I just kept putting it off. And I was actually in the shower on March 30th of 2016. I was sick again and uh, started coughing and it caused my L5 vertebrae to collapse. So it actually broke in half. That's how we found the cancer. Uh, come to find out I had um, fractures in basically every vertebra. I had clusters of fractures like spider webs through my ribs on both sides. Um, I had close to 150 lesions on my bones, like holes in my bones from my thighs to my skull and 60% of the cells in my bone marrow was cancerous. So, wow. um, you know, it was, uh, fun times at the Stevenson household. It whoa. sounds like, and not making oh, light yeah. of it, but it was, that's rough. That's really rough. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And it really, as hard as it was, it was one of the best things to ever happen to me because it really made me slow down and really see the blessings that I have in my life. I, uh, you know, it, I, my phone would start going off at 630 in the morning, you know, text messages, messages on Facebook, phone calls throughout the day, people from all over the country and even outside of the country um, that I had met over the years at meetings and just built relationships with and through Facebook and, you know, people I haven't even ever met in person, just let me know that, that they were praying for me and that they loved me and and uh, that they were thinking about me, you know, and I don't care how much pain you're in, which I, there's no way to describe the amount of pain I was in. But when you're going through that, and no matter what you're going through, when you start your day out like that, it's hard to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it made me slow down, look around at how blessed I am. And I would not change that for anything. And it also made me think about what is my legacy? Because I didn't really know, nobody knew if I was going to make it or not. You know, I had to think, okay, how is my family going to remember me? Are they going to remember me as a guy that was depressed or angry or felt sorry for myself? Are they going to remember the guy that, you know, laughed when the left side of his mustache fell out, you know? And that was me. That actually happened, by the way. Um, my hair and beard had all fallen out and my mustache was just like it normally is. And I got in the shower and when I got out of the shower, I looked in the mirror and the left side of my mustache was gone. And I thought it was funny. So I took a picture of it, put it on Facebook. And I walked around the house like that for three days. <laughs> so my wife, my wife finally said it was getting kind of weird. So I had to shave it off. That actually happened to me. Yeah, that actually happened to me twice with both of my stem cell transplants. Uh, the second time it fell out in my sleep. And uh, so anyway, the doctor said they'd never seen that. But the point being is it's been a long, hard battle for a long time. And I, I walked like, uh, you know, with a horrible limp. I couldn't stay on my feet more than a few minutes at a time. And I've just battled through and been very blessed. And now if you saw me, uh, you would never know I'd been sick. And, you know, I live a very normal life, but with that came some thoughts of, okay, I want a business. How are I, how am I, how am I going to keep running my business? I'm the only income in the family. And, you know, I ended up, uh, another good friend of mine with, in the financial industry, um, he and I've been friends for a long time and, and we ended up partnering, uh, our we did a buy sell agreement. In other words, if some, if I didn't make it, he would buy my business from my wife, take care of my clients. And 
and he's older than I am. So if something happens to him or he retires, then I would I buy his practice from him. And uh, we actually changed the names of our financial practices practices to Legacy Wealth Concepts because of that thought of what is my legacy. And these other business opportunities, I mean, honestly, I I didn't need them. Um, financially, I'd probably be, no, I would be better off without them, at least for right now. Um, but I want my sons to be able to go to work and. And understand. Yeah. I, I want my sons to be able to go to work someday and say, dad, help me build this. Yep. Yep. And I'm not doing it for them. They work their tails off and I stay home. I'm hard on my kids. You know? <laughs> we have a great relationship. I mean, we, we really do. And it's a different dynamic when you're in business with your kids. Um, it takes them a little while to learn, you know, maybe dad does know a little bit more than I do. So, uh, but you know, Hey, I've learned a lot from them too. And, uh, it's just been an amazing thing. And then my daughter, she's in college, but she works with my financial practice. So I'm, I'm so blessed to work with all three of my kids in three different businesses. That's and an amazing, that's the, amazing. The HVAC, yeah. the HVAC and duct cleaning business, that's actually one business. We run the duct cleaning as a, as a DBA for marketing purposes, but you know, and I'm just surrounded by an amazing group of young people, uh, an amazing group of people. Most of them are young. Um, in fact, my oldest son is 31 and everybody except for my business partner, Jason, uh, is under that age. Wow. That's yeah. See that, yeah. Uh, that that's part of your story that I just loved was the whole legacy concept because both John and I, we, and, and w part of this will translate, we're going to talk business, true business in a bit here. But part of that was both John and I have, we run our businesses as a, just ourselves because we don't have that legacy ability to, to carry it on. I have two daughters and John has a single daughter and neither of my daughters have expressed interest in, in taking over, you know, any of my business interests. I'll call them that because I have rental properties as well. And, and, um, and, and then we do this podcast, which is just kind of a, a hobby, I guess, for lack of a better word. Right now, it's just a hobby. We're working on that. Um, but uh, And John's daughter, I don't think John's daughter has any interest in that. But, John, you can answer that question. No. Yeah, she has no interest no. in being involved in the handyman business in any way whatsoever. So it's very interesting to me that your sons are interested in in taking over these businesses and, and the trades. We, we've discussed a lot of times in the trades about how the trades are, if you do a good job in the trades, the trades are never going to go away. Um, HVAC, it, in, we live in Atlanta, you live in Louisiana. Air conditioning is, uh, if you don't have air conditioning, you're not here. Um, you're just not. Um, and then we deal a little bit with the heating side here. Anyway, I'm sure you do a little bit on your side. Yeah. When, when, uh, Brett told me that, that he wanted to get into air conditioning, I told him, I said, you know, I said, there's only one, one job that has more job security than HVAC in the South. And that's funeral directors. I was going to say, I was going to say yeah. it's funeral business, um, right? Yeah. Right. But, you know, and, and you guys bring up a great point and that is what is you know, and, and talking to business owners right now, and whether it be handyman or even, uh, you know, some of the homeowners out there that are listening, you know, that are, are business owners, what is your vision? Right. Right. That 
that is the first thing you've got to decide. What is it that you're wanting? And do you understand the risk associated with, with each and the benefits associated with each, you know, and, and talking to other guys that are in the trades, uh, handyman, you know, whether it's a handyman, a HVAC guy, a plumber, whatever it is, uh, you know, what is your vision in, in, in your business? Do you want to just be self-employed or do you want to have an actual business? Right. Because, you know, there is a difference. There are some people that all they did was create a job for themselves. They are an employee of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if something happens to them, if they get sick, if they die, whatever, they, they get injured, that business stops. Whereas when we went into it, we said, and there's pros and cons to both. There's, there's, there's not one that's better than the other. They're just different. And anyway, so when we went into it from day one, you know, I told Jason, I said, look, this, this isn't just going to be one guy running around fixing things. This is going to be, we're going to build a a million plus dollar a year business. And really wasn't sure how I was going to do it, but I just knew that's what the vision was. And, you know, so when I'm talking to guys that are in the trades and I do get a lot of them that, that contact me just asking for advice because they don't have the business background, you know, and someone will say, you know, I just don't want the complications of employees and, and the headaches that come with that. Just like you guys were talking about, Hey, I get that. I completely, completely understand that. But then I say, do you, how are you addressing the risks that you're taking? Well, you know, what do you mean the risks I'm taking? Okay, well, imagine you fall off the ladder and you break your leg and you're, you're out for several months while you're going through rehab. Imagine that you're like me and you get that phone call of, of yes, it is cancer. So what are you going to do? And a lot of them have never really thought that process through. And there's ways to address that. And that's where my background as a financial advisor comes in. You know, there's things of of disability insurance and life insurance and, you know, and, uh, you know, having agreements with other people to, that would step in in the event that that would happen just so that you can keep going. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways to address that. And then you look at the other side of it and, from day one, when we went into business, I've had health issues. Um, my partner, Jason's had health issues, um, you know, and, and uh, of course my son, my oldest son, Derek, he's now a partner in, in the handyman business also. But from day one, I said, okay, this thing has to keep running. If one of the key people goes down, if my cancer comes back and I can't run the business side, I've got to have somebody that can do that. If, Jason gets sick, which he's had health problems and he did it. In fact, at one point, both I was in, I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, three and a half hours away going through, you know, a cancer uh, testing, you know, just uh, uh, they were doing a checkup on me and I was going to be gone for several days. Jason ends up in the hospital also. And so at nine o'clock at night, I'm calling Derek saying, Hey, we've got a problem you know, I'm gone. Jason's in the hospital. You've got to step up and do his job. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, we need another employee by in the morning because we got so much work going on. Yeah. And you know what? He stepped right in. He took over. He had us another employee, one of his friends, by in the, mo- the next morning, and we never missed a beat. Let me let me jump in here for a second. This is John. You know, one of the things um, you, you bring up that that is a great story right there, um, and the difference between just being a you know just having your own business yourself, just doing it. Um, I, you know, Larry, Larry can attest to is that, you know, so I'm retired and it's just me. So I I'm, I'm really done with the big, with the big business type of thing. And I do it to keep busy and make extra, you know, some extra money and to, to, you know, to help people out. Um, but you are absolutely right for the younger people that are listening, uh, out there that are really in that stage of their life where they're, where they're really going to build a business. They need to be thinking about that. Well, I, I want to all add... kinds of obstacles can, you, you know, my dad did the same thing, but built a business, but it's, it's one of those things where, you, you know, the obstacles will occur in your life and you need to keep things running. Yeah. But, I just want to know... add that this is, this is just financial management in general. We don't care if you're in the handyman business or not. You need exactly. to be thinking about cause and effect and you need to think about like the what I call them the what ifs, right? Alan, you know, you'd call them what wow. ifs. Like what if I get sick or what happens? What do I do if I lose my job or what do I do if, you know, any number of a million, what do I do if my transmission blows up on my vehicle? I mean, I, I don't know how much planning people do. John and I, we talk a lot about planning because we're both the the planner types and obviously you're a financial planner so you you deal with the financial side but I deal a lot with the financial side as well and sometimes it just amazes me how little I don't want to say little thought, but but people really need to kind of take a big picture of their life as a whole and really take think about some of the things of, of what can happen because there's a million, you know, there's a million different things that can happen. And for most people, I think, Alan, you probably agree with this. It's not until you have one or two of those experiences where you're like, what do I do now? Like, really, what what do I do now? And so, a lot of those things are you can think about in advance and make uh, not necessarily a plan, but at least have a contingency plan. And I liked some wow. of the things that you were talking about there. So for years I ran a vending business and it was myself and I had three employees at one time. And then it, then I scaled it back and I just went to myself and I actually had a cooperative agreement much like you had. And I still actually have it with the same person. He's another independent vending operator. And we had a deal where we were called we called ourselves friendly competitors we rarely competed on accounts but if he got sick i could go run his accounts and i knew it was taken care of and conversely if he get if he got sick i could go run his accounts and still will for him if he needs me to and i can go make his business stay in place for any number of reasons like you're just talking about you know anything can happen we you just don't know that's right you know one so, of the things my my uh, father-in-law he's he's deceased now but he was a civil engineer so very meticulous, you know, there's a certain personality type that comes with jobs like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everything in his life was planned. And I, one of the things that I learned from him, uh, not long after my wife and I got married, and we've been married for 32 years. Um, and if you're doing the math, she got pregnant on her honeymoon because that's the way real, real men roll. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> We're like, and I was terrified when I got that call. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, so I learned from him. He had a list of things to do in the event of his death. Yeah. 
yep. and what all the bank accounts were, the insurance policies, who the you know did the taxes, and he had this list of things to do in the event of his death. Not in the event of his death, when he died. Yeah. That kind of comes back to the old uh, insurance agents, you know, sayings. It's not if you die, it's when you die. Um, and so I have that for my family. I have a, you know, there's a, a file that says, you know, things to do when I die. Now, don't make the mistake I did and leave it sitting on the seat of your truck and let your kids find it because then they think, you know, something's going wrong. <laughs> but uh, right. yeah. anyway, um, you know, I have that same thing with the business. Yeah, it, so, it's. I was just going to say it's the same as going on a job. John and I talked. John, we we actually did a show called "We're Checklist Guys." So we come out of the aviation business and it, or out of the aviation world. I I have a private pilot's license, John. I think you have your private as well. And and John worked as an aviation mechanic. And there's nothing in aviation that isn't on a checklist. And I'm when I say nothing, I mean nothing. You don't that pilot when you get up there. Trust me, when that pilot's up there in the front of that airplane, he's actually either he or the co-pilot's done a walk around on that plane. Now you might not know that, but I'm telling you, they get out and actually go look at that airplane. They look at everything on that plane, and it's on that checklist. Did you check the flaps? Did you check the rudder? Did you check? And they're granted, it's only a visual inspection, but they have a whole list of checklists, everything from the radio to everything. So we we really we understand that whole planning concept. We we do checklists even when we go on a handyman job it's like okay so we're going to do a drywall job do we have the knives do we have the tape do we have the mud do we have this do we have that do we have everything we need do we have this right sandpaper you know it's just planning right Alan? i mean it's just the same thing all of those analogies are absolutely identical if you're going to have a business you, there's a, a base checklist you can run right i mean tell well, me because I, I just i'm we're speaking all the same i think if, if we go that way i mean we've got a you know it's funny you guys mentioned that about being the air, aircraft mechanics because uh, my uh, father-in-law that I was mentioning, he was an aircraft mechanic in the Navy um, right around the World War II era, towards the end of it. And he worked on the uh, PBY float planes. And he, I remember him telling me that every time he worked on a plane, they'd make him go flying it. So Yeah, exactly. That's how they, <laughs> they did, did it back in those too. days. Yeah. Oh, they did that with you, John? <laughs> did they make you go flying them? Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it was well, a little nervous when I was sitting on a cardboard box in the back of it for a right. seat. <laughs> right. Well, he told me about dropping a nut one time and he never did find it. And he always wondered if it went down the carburetor, especially <laughs> when he was flying. <laughs> he took him on the test flight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. That's why you never put your name on your tools. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, that you was the your... first thing I was doing that. I was in the air in the in the airlines. No, nobody wants to hear this story, but uh, I was told don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you put your buddies' and, names on the tools just in case. Yeah, so, yeah, right. But uh, anyway, so you know that's um, it's just a part of that whole planning process, and and for me it was this is part of having a business. The business. If you're going to have a business, a business survives once a key person goes down. And that means you've either got somebody to step up and take over those responsibilities. It means cross-training. It means uh, having agreements with maybe even a competitor to step in and buy your business. I mean, think about it. You've got a client base that you've built up over all these years. That is worth money. And if you don't have a plan in place, all that just goes away. I mean, you've got a phone number, right? I mean, we, 
the, the HVAC business was actually started under another name and a family friend uh, of my son's uh, gentleman, you know, he's about my age. Well, he passed away from cancer. He had an HVAC business that he had had for, you know, 15, 20 years. And it was, kind of, he didn't have employees. He was the business, but he had a company name and a phone number that people had been calling for all those years. That was worth something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's a, that, that's a great tip. Alan, we're, we're going to, I, I want to just take a tiny break right here. And then I want to get okay. into some of the nitty gritties of, of like, let's talk business and let's do this as, as a, a true business. Let's go through that sort of business checklist because we've talked about some of the initial planning, but let's go through the initial checklist. So, well, I want to thank Alan for being on the show. Um, in part two, we're going to get into the weeds on starting a million dollar handyman business. So stay tuned. We'll, that show will, will debut again. Um, we do want you to let you know, John, John, do we have a unique build contest coming we up? Yes, we do. We yes, do. we do. So, folks, we're, we've got, uh, if you've done anything that's just kind of a unique build, John and I recently built a, a pizza oven on a trailer for a customer who is dragging it around his own property and is going to sell pizzas off of it. We've got a video on that on YouTube, plus we've put that out on our uh, Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So take a look at that, but uh, real simple, send us your ideas. That is, you send them to handymanprosradioshow at gmail.com. Let us know what unique builds you've done. Um, we do have some quality. Qualifications. We did a show on this. Um, we'll post a link out there for this. Again, all of that happens at Handyman Pros on Facebook. Um, anything else, John? Any other questions? You can email us, questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. We do have a website, handymanprosradioshow.com as well. Um, what else? Handyman ben, Twitter. Please, and please join, please join our Facebook, uh, Facebook group post out there as well. We love, uh, we love all the comments, and we're really excited about the unique build contest. So everybody, you know, kind of jump in, send us, send us pictures, all that good stuff. We'd love to see it. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, get you some, uh, you know, some, some merch, some merch, some, merch some, some, some handyman swag is what it is. And uh, swag I, in the bag, baby. we're, we're going to so. do this as of March 1st. So you've still got a good month or so left, uh, uh, before this, we're going to close this one out. But anyway, with that, the spaceships landed, it is time to take that bad boy apart. We will see you next week on the handyman pros radio show. Mm -hmm.